Audio recording is go! Hello, audio only friends. You get the behind the scenes look at. Um, well, not really a look, is it? It's more of a, more of a listen, I suppose. Backup YouTube video is on. Backup YouTube video also gets a. What's wrong? Oh, I, the knees are too high. You're the one who set. You're the one who set the the thing up. Here, just move these top two boxes. Is that better? You happier now? Maybe. <laughs> I, thought, no. I thought I was the one who had body dysmorphia who didn't want to look at himself. At that ankle, my knees are huge. <laughs> All right, let's get the uh, show up and running. What are we calling this week's show? Um. Faustian Deals. Frankie is sitting in the corner on the top of the useless printer being a very good girl. Isn't that right, Frankie Eleanor Castle? Pew pew. Pew pew. Alright, who do you got to review a little bit of? Eric Burnham. Why does that name sound so familiar? Eric Burnham at San Diego Comic Con. That's definitely him. All right. Next. I don't know if I have enough time. I just try and get the main character. Charles Soule and Ryan Brown. Uh, we don't bother with that one. Uh, Joshua Williamson. We don't bother with. He's got too much going on. Joshua Williamson is also the guy who's writing Dark Crisis. So, like, tagging him right now is, is pretty much just pointless. And that, of course, is our friend Steph. Steph Smash. Steph Smash! Alright. And over here... I got Sean Lewis... Hayden Sherman uh, has they them pronouns, so try and remind me to remind myself that when I'm reviewing this, uh, if I screw up to remind me, say hey, Hayden goes by they them, please. Um, Steve Niles. Tom King. What else is new? Tom Taylor. What else is new? <laughs>
kiss? No, just kiss. Just kiss? Just cat kiss? One cat kiss. Kiss! Kitty kiss. What's that? Kitty kiss. Kitty kiss. Turning the camera around, we about to go live. Turning the camera around. Oh, uh, we got, we starting this already. Oh God. Uh, Ella Strange, would you would you do the honors of our hitting our live button? Yes, you did it. You did it again, and we are live and very off center. You know what? You know what? I'm just gonna go with it. I'm fine. It's it's better that you are lit and I am shadowed for one reason specifically. I am loud enough that my voice creates and I don't know, it's just fine. Whatever. I'm I'm just too lazy to fix it. Hey everybody, it is I, the Sussman, Rick Sussman, joined as always by the original Angry Nerd Girl herself, Elle Lestrange. I am joining you this week fresh off of my co-hosting stint at the IndieCast. I told you it was our sister show. Uh, and uh, I was very happy to fill in for our good friend Zach Romero, who is unfortunately down with the sickness. Ooh, ah, ah, ah. Uh, triple vexed. Still got it. Still not having a great time. What are the odds? Thank you. Thank you for not doing your patriotic duty, America. Uh, we have a big show in store for you today. We've got news. We've got tons of comics to review. We have um, a discussion to begin. Ella Strange. Um, you recently watched the Munsters trailer. I did. You did. I literally before we started broadcasting. Um, I saw the teaser trailer before I saw that trailer. And okay. the teaser trailer was just Herman and Lily and Grandpa busting through the front door, which is a shot for shot remake of the original Munsters intro with Herman busting through the door and then Grandpa and, and Lily. And when I saw the when I saw the, the, the teaser, I went, oh, this looks very accurate. Like, this doesn't look like Rob Zombie at all. This could be interesting. Yeah. And then we watched the trailer. Your thoughts. Okay, I didn't see the teaser. So, to me, I was open to however this was going to go. You know, maybe it had more of a, what you would say, a Rob Zombie kind of vibe, you know. Or would it stay to the comedic? You know, silliness had to go. Yeah, of the monsters. Of the monsters, sure. So, I, I I will say, immediately I was disappointed that I felt like there was not really any Rob Zombie. It did not feel very Rob Zombie. No, 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 no. no, no. So I, there was that. Good or bad. There's something about her wig or her hair. Maybe she actually did. Pretty sure it's a wig. Yeah. Pretty sure it's a wig. Something's wrong, and I don't know what it is. (laughs) There's something about. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give know. you, I'm gonna give you a thought here. Uh-huh. Perhaps the monsters were just never meant to be seen in color. Well, that um, maybe that took Rosen off a little bit too. I don't know. Also, but, why does Grandpa but, have I mean, that big would, handlebar mustache? I didn't understand that, that. That's a little off. I, but at the same time, yeah. that the whole point of this is that there's it's going a to be a, it's yes. a little yes. flair to it. Correct. And and so you're. I don't know, but I think it just lands where I just don't want to see it. <laughs> it. It is very odd to go into a Rob Zombie production and be like, it's going to be funny, though. And you go, is it? Is it? Is, it? is Rob Zombie going to do humor? Well, it is the Munsters. It is the Munsters. So you would expect humor. Yeah. 
Um, I'm excited for it, but I will say I have no interest in seeing it. And I know that's like, what do you even mean by that? Okay, I'll explain. I think it's cool. I think it's great that shows from our, uh, that reruns from our youth mm-hmm. are now getting like more and more pub. Like, uh, Gen Z is finding out about MASH. Gen Z is, of course, finding out about Rage Against the Machine. So all these things that are like what really shaped our youth, now the next generation, that now they have access to the internet, now they're, they're starting to get into their 20s. They're very excited to see all these things. And the Munsters getting a remake, I feel, is very cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I want it, though. Like, when somebody told me, you know, when you, when you have a birthday party, and they're like, hey, you're going to have cake. You're like, oh, my God, I love cake. And then what else are we having? Oh, it's just cake. Okay. Well, I'll definitely have a slice of cake. But are we having nothing else? No, it's just cake. After a while, you kind of don't want cake anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, a little bit, I'm a little bit worried that the Munsters is just all cake. Like it's too much. Like it's too, too much sweet. for it to be a movie. Yes, exactly. Um, we watched the Bob Burgers uh, movie as well, and that didn't feel like a, a movie. It felt like a long episode, which was totally fine, by the way. And I highly recommend you watching it if you're a fan of Bob's Burgers. But if yeah, you're not a fan of Bob's Burgers, you're not really going to understand what's happening in the movie. Like, there's a lot of jokes that you're going to miss. Yeah. So maybe that's going to be the Munsters. Maybe it's going to be for the hardcore fans, and we'll end up loving it. But that trailer did not did not help me at all. Yeah. It was it, very bland. It was very... Where's the me, seasoning? It very much fell flat. And I... I, I want to say I'm not... I don't want to watch it. But you know I'm going to watch of it. Of course I'm going to watch it. It will eventually be on yeah. HBO Max or whatever. And, and it'll probably completely change my mind. We watched Austin but, Powers Gold Member yesterday. It's been 20 years. It is the 20th anniversary of Austin Powers Gold Member. Is it now? Yes. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's sad. In other comic book related news, mm-hmm. it's San Diego Comic Con, or it was, I don't know, because life is an endless <laughs> vortex of never ending change, and I don't know what day it is anymore because I rarely leave the house. So I don't know what's been announced from San Diego Comic Con. I'm sure there's been a ton of stuff. If there hasn't, there will be. I can't tell you what, oh my god, Barbara Gordon. Barbara Gordon, why are you being so ridiculous today? Bring the Throw another paper wad. Our cat likes to play fetch. It's the only thing that brings her joy in life. Oh, my gosh, I jumped up in the air. I saw that. At any rate, San Diego Comic-Con, I didn't know much about. I know that Tom Taylor is going to be there, and I'm very sad I won't get to meet him, because obviously him coming in from Australia, he probably won't get to Orlando very often. So this would have been a great time to meet one of the pillars of the read pile, and I would have absolutely you know, had a great chance to hang out with him. But... Say la vie. I did want to make it known that San Diego Comic-Con, at sort of like the 11th hour, kind of like sent out a little bit of a verbiage of like, hey, um, we're going to need you to wear masks. And I think this is in response to like Megacon and a couple of the other conventions that happened recently where a lot of creators and a lot of fans all suddenly came down with the vid. And I think it's important to remember that that is still a thing. Um, so I wanted to say big ups to San Diego Comic-Con for actually just going ahead and saying, all right, this is what we're doing, this is what we're down for. Um, I'm good with that. I thought it was interesting. I also think it's probably a better idea to just say we're going to have masks and stop touching people. Everyone just stop touching each other when you're at cons. Give a maybe a little fist bump, maybe a, a high hello. Stop touching each other. No more con crud. Con crud needs to not be a thing anymore. We need to be done with it. My opinion. 
Ella Strange, thoughts? <laughs> I don't think I had much of an opinion. I think it's just what you said. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair. I agree with you. Fair enough. Let's talk about fun stuff, though. Okay. You brought this to my attention. The Boys is getting a spinoff show. I, I think I already knew about this. Like, yeah. in the back of my lizard brain, I feel like I knew about this. Obviously, I'm good friends with, with Derek, uh, so I'm sure he mentioned it once or twice on Twitter. I probably retweeted it. But it's going to be called Gen V. Yes? I believe so. Yeah. As I in know. Generation Sometimes V. Sometimes I get my, my stuff myself. That's okay. Um, I am two minds of this. Yeah. I think this is fantastic. I love what uh, Eric Kripke and the entire boys creative team have made out of this TV uh, into this TV series. Mm -hmm. I love how they take beats from the comic and then completely like disorganize and reorganize and make their own art from it. I love the boys. I think it is a fantastic version of the books. Um, Did they not have a story of this? There, there's, no. there's a couple, there's a couple of like, like teen uh, superhero teams in the boys. Okay. That, that is for sure. Um, and in fact, Paybacks is kind of one of them, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, so there is there is plenty of precedent for a team-based superhero team in The Boys. I don't know how much... Oh, thank you for the like. I don't know how much of The Boys I want, though. Uh, last week, we, we talked about the season finale of The Boys and how they stuck the landing once again. And I had mentioned that I kind of hope that next season might be the last season. Not because I hate it or anything, but I get very concerned about the longer these shows get. Yeah, the biggest going to burn out. Yeah, exactly. You're the, just going to lose interest. And that just makes you feel so bad. It does, because like, it's one of my favorite things yeah. ever. Like, look at The Walking Dead, which has, like, four spinoff shows. Did you know that? And nobody that I know watches I any of them. I didn't know there were that many. Yeah, there's like two or there, I think there's like three or four. I know. And I, on the one hand, again, I think that's amazing. Like, oh my God, one of my yeah. favorite properties has created such a universe and is, is doing so well, I assume. You yeah. have to. But on the other side of the coin, my, my nerd brain goes, oh, but it's mine. I can't keep up with all that. And there, there's that. Yeah. I gotta watch Solar Opposites. I gotta watch, 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 watch what we do in the shadows. I have so much TV to watch. I don't know if I have another like I need the boys to have a season I need to do what they do like like Paramount mm, Paramount does this right they give you they give you Picard then Arrest then Strange New Worlds then Arrest then we're getting Lower Decks that's what I need I need like I need it to be the football season I need I need the boys to wrap up and then immediately we're gonna go ahead and dive right into the next series whatever that is but it, it, it needs to stack like that any thoughts on Gen V? Uh, no, my questions were for you because I don't know much about it. So. Um, I'm not going to put any faith in it being based on the comics whatsoever. Yeah. I'm going to say that they're probably going to use the characters from the comics. They sort of alluded to the whole Generation V to begin with, with Starlight and um, oh, who was the dude that was like her boyfriend who got uh, murked? What is his name? I don't Supersonic or something like that? Yeah. Semisonic? Closing time? Um... <laughs> Elle, you have a story to talk about while we're still in the news segment. Well, I heard about how Image had a policy um, that they were not going to be doing seven prints. Uh, but it looks like they changed that because Eight Billion Genies got a second print. Uh, right. Or is getting, I don't know. Yeah, well, you know why Eight Billion Genies is getting a second print? Well, it's because they're going to have a show. Yes. 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 Good work, Charles Soule. We love so, you. So... 
I'm I'm excited. I I think you'll hear my review for this week. Yes, <laughs> this week's this week's eight million genies had you cackling on more than one occasion. Yes. So I mean, I, there's every reason why. Yeah. <laughs> I love. I, so I appreciate what Image Comics is trying to do with creating scarcity, with helping the collector maintain a level of collectivity to their comics. All of yeah. these things, I think it's great. But I do think you need to be open to creating second prints regardless. I got a, a second print of Punisher number two because nobody ordered Punisher number two. And I was lucky that Marvel just produced one or I would have just never gotten the book or maybe eventually found it in somebody's back issue bin. Yeah. Uh, you may remember we had such a hard time finding um, a bat. <laughs> Barbara is being very needy today. Um, we had a hell of a time finding uh, Bliss issue six, mm -hmm. as you may recall. We had to go all the way to the Haven for Heroes up in, um, where are they? They're in New York, in, uh, in Port Jervis, New York. We had to call them because one of the people who works for Haven for Heroes is like the nephew of the writer of Bliss, who is Sean Lewis, who I'll be reviewing later, or something like that. So they just happen to have extra copies of his books laying around. But I, So I appreciate what Image is trying to do, but you do need to understand that collectors want to collect the books. Now, granted... We are not the core audience anymore, and I'm totally okay with that. The core audience is younger, they're more digitally inclined, and I think that's fantastic. There are still nerds out there that have giant comic book collections that want physical copies, though. Yeah, and I think that's why I'm always up to at least trying an, an issue one. Yes. You know, if it sounds good, I'm going to give it a chance. You know, it might not, it might not be for me, maybe... I mean, a lot of times I even try out young adult stories. There's a possibility like, the book hey, could suck, seems, too. I mean, it sounds, seems really good. So, But I think it's always worth trying at least the first issue to see, you know. So and, it's... Uh, and to your point... I don't know. I'm, I'm that's okay. No, I, I know where you're going with it. Watch me, watch me segue. Watch me segue. That's my segue dance. Uh-huh. I'm going to use that for now. Anyway, an issue one that we picked up for no good reason one time many, 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 many years ago, a book that you just were like, I want to read this, was called Irredeemable. Mm -hmm. And we both ended up reading it, and it was the story about what is essentially a Superman-gone-evil story. That happened, I think they wrote it like 15... Mark Wade wrote this like maybe 15 years ago. It was definitely when I was still running a couple of comic book shops. So I stopped running a comic book shop in 2016. So it's been at minimum six years, so probably ten years, maybe fifteen years, that Irredeemable has been done? Irredeemable? I have no clue. I didn't look it up. But it's been a while. It, it's, it's a story of an evil what? Superman. Barbara, what is going on with you today? I don't know. I thought she wanted to hang out. Anyway, it's a story about an evil Superman, and we've just found out that in 2023, go ahead and just shut the door and put, put JR by the door. Fine. Otherwise, you're just going to open the door, and it's going to get weird. Sometimes the cats are the star of the show. Sometimes they take over the show. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Um, so Irredeemable was the story of an evil Superman. We now have evil Superman running rampage everywhere because the boys is doing incredibly well. Of course, Homelander is evil Superman. Of course, everyone loves the video game series that was created in part with Tom uh, Taylor, which is um, uh, 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 Injustice, got, uh, the Injustice video game, which... The Injustice movie did really well, the, the animated feature, mm -hmm. and people started gravitating back to that. So Evil Superman, and then of course Omni-Man from uh, uh, Invincible, Evil Superman, 
Evil Superman is everywhere these days, so I I think they're bringing Irredeemable back as a way to be like, hey, I did I did an Evil Superman story. You want to read my Evil Superman story? Well, it's, I don't think it's like that. I, I just think it's, hey, you know, it just seems to be what everybody's really into right now. You know, let's respark the story. Yeah, but I read all of your... Did you ever read the last pages of Irredeemable? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that's a very good answer, because the last pages of Irredeemable get weird as fuck. I mean, like, weird, weird. Like, you're going along, and it's just like this story of, like, a totalitarian Superman... And then it ends with him, like, becoming one with the energy of the universe, and then becoming, no, like... No, no. Yeah. You remember this? I remember that. It was the weirdest goddamn ending to a book I've ever seen in my oh, life. okay. Yeah, okay. All right. All right. All right. That's been a while. It's yeah, been a while. It's, it's been, been a while. But it won't be until... Uh, it's not coming back until next year. So we got time. So, yeah. All right. We got time. So if... If... You, if if you think this is something that you want to jump in on, you have plenty of time to catch up. I highly recommend Irredeemable until the last issue. Everything before, everything, same thing with Invisibles. Grant Morrison's Invisibles run is incredible. The last volume of Invisibles, one of the worst books I've ever read in my life. Everything up to then, one of the greatest, most amazing stories I've ever read. That's Grant Morrison. Mark Wade usually is, is good for sticking the landing. Not so much with an Irredeemable. However... Everything leading up to the ending of Irredeemable is fucking awesome, and I cannot recommend it enough. Very good. You want to hear uh, about something else that's fucking awesome? Yeah? <laughs> Tell me. What you got on your read pile, uh, What you got on your read pile? All right, first up. We got Army of Darkness uh, Reanimator, the crossover we all wanted. Uh, this is Army of Darkness versus Reanimator from Dynamite Comics. This is issue one. Now, do you have a pick of the week? I do. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right, fair enough. I actually do this week. All right, all right. So tell us about Army of Darkness versus Reanimator. All right. Um, so did you like the Army of Darkness? I loved Army of Darkness. Uh, did you like the Reanimator? I love the Reanimator series. I, I didn't. I got I, I got very upset about it. Yeah, because because a, <laughs> a cat got reanimated, and you freaked yeah. out. Even though it was very clearly a shitty but, puppet. But. But I like the idea of it, and I like what I did see. <laughs> but this is together. You're going to put the love mm -hmm. above. So you 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 have Dr. Hubert, uh, Herbert, sorry, yeah. uh, West. Uh, you have, of course, the reagent juice. Yes. Uh, Reanimation going on. Yes. Uh, you're going to combine that with Ash. And deadites, deadites, and uh, demon killing, yes, and the necrocom, ne the necrocomicon, yeah, 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 necronomicon. And, and you, it's just, I mean, to put all of that into one story is amazing. Right. Uh, right now, in the first issue, uh, they're not uh, battling or anything like they are here on the cover. Um, they still have their stories or, or separated at the time, but you can see where it's going to connect. It's it's absolutely wonderful. I love the idea that Ash just just he steals this issue. He he kind of kind of overrides. You know, like it's Ash. It's Ash. You know, and I can hear Bruce Campbell's voice in my of course when I'm reading this character, and it's great. It's it's just absolute fun. We and sat through Alien Apocalypse. Oh no, Alien Armageddon was it? Alien Apocalypse or Alien Armageddon? 
I think it was Alien Apocalypse. Anyway, we sat through what is unquestionably one of the worst movies in the history of filmmaking yeah. because it had Bruce Campbell in it. And I think everybody has a story like that about Bruce Campbell. Yeah. So this was good. It was good. I'm, I'm obviously going to keep reading it. Well, duh! <laughs> but it's it's just it's great fun um, yeah. to be able to take this those two and then put them together and just combine their both worlds in the way that it just easily overlaps I'm like why didn't it happen sooner and I love how we're bridging the two worlds with evil Ash's head as as what is being the reanimated and that is a great part in this issue you get to see the reanimation yes yes we're, of it yeah. and it's it's fantastic I mean, you get so much out of this issue it's amazing I, I would be happy even if it just stopped right there. <laughs> but I, I want more, so I'm going to read more. <laughs> what else you got? All right. Da, 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 da. Eight billion genies. Wait, this is not your pick of the week? You'll see. Oh, my. All right, fair enough. Eight billion genies. This is issue three. Uh, of course, we talked about eight billion genies is going to be a, uh, a show soon. It's got a lot of pub. We told all of you about 8 Billion Genies yeah. on issue one. I, I declared it was going to be a big deal right then and there. Same thing with Little Monsters. I'm still waiting to hear more about Little Monsters. Tell us about issue three. So when I Excuse say me, you'll see, I don't mean like because anything negative whatsoever, because there is nothing negative about this issue or right. this series. Right. It's just you'll see what my number one was. Fair <laughs> enough. My pick of the week was. Oh, right. I'm an idiot. I, I should have guessed. <laughs> I forgot what's on your read pile. Jesus. All right, go ahead. So... Uh, Zhang, I hope I'm saying his name correctly, he is the one that decided to use his wish in the last issue, and basically he is preparing himself to be able to defend himself and his family uh, against whatever is going on outside that tavern, because he needs to get to this other one. Uh, and we get to, as he's doing this on his journey, we get to see everything that's going on outside. No, well, not everything, but we get to see what he interacts with, just mm -hmm. walking from one bar to the other. You're experiencing all of these different things that he's seeing. Um, and then you also get to find out what the real story was behind him getting to where he needed to go. Uh, so, it, it's a, it's much darker, <laughs> uh, and it's it 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 opens up just so much. Uh, what they explain more is that uh, what is more what is so important when it comes to your wishes. Yeah. Uh, it, everybody uh, they make a good point about uh, pointing out all those that had health concerns, um, like how quickly. Uh, they, you know, they don't do it anymore. You know, it, it, a lot of them, it was like an immediate wish. Um, and then after that, you know, a lot of people didn't see the point anymore. Right. They started seeing everybody else's wishes and how things were happening and then the outcomes of those that did wish for that, uh, for their health concerns to go away, things like that. Um, but basically what it comes down to is that you have to, when you're thinking about your wishes, you have to make sure to think of the world now, not what it was. The world is completely different now. You have to focus on what it is that you're actually wishing for at that time. And they're, they're starting to all learn that the most important things are family and survival yes. at this point. Fair enough. 
Um, and you know, the character even says that in the book uh, and in this issue. So it's, it, it's you're, you're seeing how everybody's really starting, those that have wishes left or are, are seeing how much heaviness this is. Mm -hmm. like, like, once you make that wish, that's your wish. They're, they're, they're starting to also, those that have made their wishes, they're starting to see, kind of, they're seeing those results to it. They're starting to learn those, those rules, those loose rules, because you, you get to, you, you already talked to the, the genies and everything, and they've told you about how sometimes we're just kind of making up those rules as we go, because sometimes you get a new situation, <laughs> you know? Uh, and so it's, it's absolutely amazing. It's just the different situations that you wouldn't even think about that they talk about. Mm. So I, I think it's going to be a really amazing show. I, I still don't know, like, would they be able to do live action? Oh, I, 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 I mean, think it'll be fine. We have enough. We're pretty good yeah. with movie effects that, yeah, I think we could do that. But, <laughs> but at the same time, would it be good, just as good as an animation? Let's see. We'll yeah. have to wait and see. Okay. It's only issue three. Yeah, well, I'm still, I'm still absolutely loving him, and it's super excited. It's three of eight, important to mention. Now, speaking of, and that, well, not speaking of anything, the next book on your repile is Wonder Woman number 789. Number, number 789 <laughs> of eight. So number 789, Wonder Woman, uh, this continues on with Becky Cloonan, and the entire team, I think, is still on board. We also get a backup issue that nobody reads because thanks for charging me an extra dollar DC Comics that I didn't ask for. I'm not going to read Young Diana. Well, I tried. It's just not. I just don't I, want backup stories. Me. I don't want backup stories. Uh, Give me my dollar back. What do you got? <laughs> what? I was waiting for your about it. <laughs> I just want my dollar back. I want my dollar back. I want my dollar back. I want my dollar back. DC's taking my cash. So Wonder Woman... Uh, Fighting Cisco, a giant Cisco. Giant he, he, Cisco. He, he is giant at this point. Uh, and more and more men are drinking this milk that he's made that the is protein causing, milk, yeah. yeah, which is causing them to go under the spell of Cisco's. Uh, so it's just all out battle out there right now because they have a bunch of guys that are. You know, trying to attack not just Wonder Woman, but they're going after Steve and Siggy. Uh, and Siggy is, uh, you know, he's ready to battle. He's he's ready to go all out and go crazy on these guys. Mm -hmm. But Wonder Woman is saying, "Look, they don't know what they're doing. They're under a spell. You can't kill them." <laughs> he's like, "All right, I understand." Um, unfortunately, everything goes crazy in this issue. We have uh, Professor Calculus shows up and turns against Etta. Uh, Dr. Poison uh, takes control of both Siggy and Steve. Uh, then you even see that the uh, Glass Wonder Woman mm -hmm. is, like we've already started to notice where she's starting to kind of like grow this like real heart in place of her glass heart. Not literally. I got but, you. you know, you, you're, I understand. You're seeing how she's becoming more of actual Wonder Woman. Like, she just she does not want to follow the rules. Any image, any image of a, a weeping angel will eventually become a weeping <laughs> angel. Any version of Wonder Woman will eventually become wondrous. Except for Superwoman, 
who is on Earth 3 and part of the crime syndicate. So you, what you got to understand about Earth 3 is everything's in, in reverse. So on Earth 3, the good heroes are the bad people. And there's only one real hero on Earth 3, and that's Lex Luthor. But he's not known as Lex Luthor. He's known as Alexander Luthor. I'm sorry. <laughs> But and in crisis, uh, this issue is just packed of stuff. It, it's just one thing after another. Everything's going wrong, and even even for Cisco, because you see how he's still having to answer to management, yes, and how frustrated he is becoming by that. So you're starting to wonder. You know, you see how things are starting to go bad for Wonder Woman and her crew very quickly. Uh, how things are falling apart for them. But then you see how he's starting to wobble a little bit and starting to lose it a right. little bit because of this, and how he's not being able to have full control of the situation. Yes, so as, as one would suspect I think you're going to see that, that typical, you know, bad guy, you know, yes. breakdown. So, still super excited about reading it, though. I... I don't know how it's going to happen, <laughs> but I think next issue is probably going to have a lot of action. How weird is it going to be in roughly, you know, like a f in a few months okay. when you hit Wonder Woman 800? How is that going to feel? I don't know because I don't even pay attention to the numbers anymore. It's I don't. I don't even pay attention. I, yeah. I don't yeah. even. I'm telling you, they should have gone back to one. All right, what's next on your read pile? All right, next up, Rogues. Rogues. This is Joshua Williamson's Black Label uh, prestige format comic uh, about a futuristic world where the rogues, flashes all, all of Flash's villains are, I don't know, I think you said something along the lines of they're saddling up for one last big like run or something? Yeah. Uh, they're all older, you know, uh, when uh, Snark decided to go and get everybody. That's Captain Cold. Yes, when Captain Cold decided that he was going to Don't use their Christian names. <laughs> <laughs> they talk to each other all the time in the book. Anyway, uh, he goes around and he decides, you know, I'm going to go collect the rogues, and no matter where they are, uh, you know, psych ward, you know, trying to recover from... Gorilla City, <laughs> I suppose. And things like that. Well, no, no, I'm just saying like, he went to go yeah. get everybody, and then they decided that they are going to go on one last heist. So this is just heist. pretty much heist. a heist... heist. 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 <laughs> movie. Uh, it, it's breaking down pretty pretty bad. Get a little help issue. from my friends. Uh, so, uh, basically, shit picks up pretty quickly. Um, Sam, which is a cop at Gorilla City. Gorilla City. Uh-huh. Uh, he, he basically knows everybody in the Rogue. Uh, rogue. So, he is already familiar with them. He... he as soon as he sees that they've arrived, he knows they're up to something. So he takes in Captain Cold and starts questioning him. And it just turns out, he's like, look, I'm not happy you're here and everything, but you're already here. You're going to do your thing. Could you maybe kill Gorilla Grodd <laughs> for me? Give me a solid. And in fact, if you do it, I will give you all the plans to the bank. <laughs> oh. So... Nuts. <laughs> okay. So after they even tell you like the layers and layers of security and everything, he's able to blow through uh, because he's got all this information to get through. Unfortunately, shit goes sour uh, because the bank has been updated since. Oh no! Uh, what are the odds? But that's not even the worst part. 
the worst of it actually happened before they even showed up. Was there it's a betrayal? Because there was. <laughs> not necessarily it was a betrayal. It's because it's because Captain Cold is going insane with just control. He he wants to get the sun. He doesn't give a fuck what happens. Who dies? You know whatever they got to do. They they need to accomplish this goal and they need to get out and preferably with him alive. <laughs> so it it does it, it it does end in this issue pretty badly to the point that they uh, apparently have kidnapped a baby gorilla. <laughs> um, and if you want to know whose kid it is, it makes it much worse. <laughs> Please tell me it's it's Grodd's kid and not like Solomon's kid. All right, at least it's Grodd's kid. If it was, like, Solomon was the cool gorilla. He hung out with the Justice League. All right. I'm just saying, it, it's just so funny, because it's like this this funny little... It, it's not funny. I understand. It, I understand. It, it, it's this, this heist kind of story, and you see how they did, they're they going into this plan, but they didn't really have a plan. It wasn't fully developed. And then it turns out they're like, oh, man, now, now we're really backed up. we got all the information we need. This is going to be easy peasy. Get in there. Everything just turns all around and then just like shit hits the fan and everything goes wrong and then they decided to make a horrible uh, decision. You gotta improvise. It's just, you gotta improvise. Oh man, it's just everything just went wrong and you feel bad for them a little bit, you know? <laughs> the rogues have always been the rogues have always been like the best villains. Like the rogues have been, they have a bar. They have a bar they go to. They all commiserate with each other. Flash frequently doesn't beat the piss out of them. He tries to like get them help because he knows that he's like. Because they're kind of so there used to be a German comic book uh, world called Morts, and a Mort was like the shittiest version of something. Like one of my favorite Morts ever was uh, um, Crazy Quill. But even in today's society, Crazy Quill gets somebody like freaking Tom King to write about him. All of a sudden, oh my god, Tom, Crazy Quill's fucking amazing. So like. Like, the rogues were always morts. Captain Cold used to be one of the biggest morts ever. He had little cold guns, and he wore a parka everywhere. Now he's like this crazy bad... Ah, whatever. What's your pick of the week, Ella Strange? Like, I didn't fucking know. Pick of the week! Is, of course, Wonder Woman Evolution, issue 8 of 8 from Steph Phillips. This is the final issue, as noted on the cover. Why is it your pick of the week? It is my pick of the week. Why? Because. Because. Well... Uh, Wonder Woman at this point has, uh, it, she's, you know, broken through and everything, and she's back, uh, and she discovers that it's Dr. Atticus Hill, uh, that had captured her and had her going through these trials, and basically they were all, it was all in her head, uh, and, um, then, you know, she finds out that, you know, what the whole big plan was of his, uh, and how he even used Silver Swan, uh, which is Vanessa, um, and why you know Wonder Woman uh, was actually in these trials. Like, what was the purpose of it, and why he needed uh, to learn from her and to study her and observe her. You know, why her of all the other superheroes? Right. Um, and what's kind of weird is that you, you know, you, yeah, we went through all these trials, but the trials technically weren't real. That she wasn't like really like trying to save the world, but actually, she was. Right. Because this is another trial. This is this is her 
having to decide that you know she she finds out you know how he had created um, you know different things to basically just turn the world around them uh, and so she decides look I'm going to have to take this on uh, she literally takes on nanites into her system uh, to save everybody uh, and to save Silver Swan because basically you know she had to, to to save him and Superman even says at the end of the issue look you you took on a great burden to save another's life mm -hmm. you you did so much and she still feels like she didn't do enough yeah that's the that's sort of the it's the, just what she always does yeah she's wonderful. always like that no matter what she feels like she's never done enough and so yeah maybe the, all those trials weren't real but to her she's always on in the trials she's constantly in a trial trying to to do all she can she she will do as much as she possibly can handle and even more she she's literally died <laughs> and come back so uh, it's it was really great I don't really want to give away too much details because it is the last issue it is it, I don't want to give away the whole point of the series I understand if you haven't read any of it you need to you need to go back and you need to read this it's only eight issues long I feel like I really wanted more but at the same time I respect that it was a short little story and I I think I'll love it more for that reason, too. Hmm. So. All right. Well, very good. Thank you for that read pile, El Lestrange. Thus begins our journey into my descent into madness, mm -hmm. my Faustian bargains, beginning with Punisher, issue four. This is, of course, Punisher from the newest run of Punisher by Jason Aaron from Marvel Comics with the cool new Punisher logo, a logo that had to be changed because white supremacists were using the Punisher logo. The guy who murders people and is known as the High Slayer didn't want to be associated. Anyway, this this gets the uh, the the pick of honor, as it were, the first review of the week. Uh, it would have been my pick of the week had my pick of the week not existed, and it is very good. We get to see more of, and again, I cannot stress this enough: the art that the art change from the history from when he's a little kid. By the way. Uh, I have the same poster of Captain America right there that Frank had in his bedroom. Ah. There's a lot of like cool like nostalgia Marvel stuff in the back in Frank's youth bedroom, but you can see the change in tone and in texture and in art and in drawing. And then when we go back into his childhood later on in the issue, you sort of get the idea that so we're we're sort of redefining Frank's origin again, uh, which is fine. Uh, in this origin story, uh, we're basically told that Frank was always going to be the Punisher, even as a little kid, and that the Beast, which is the god that the Hand worships, uh, basically created him, or you know, inst instilled in him all the necessary values to become the High Slayer. But there's somebody else who wants a piece of this, and that is Ares. And Ares, of course, the god of war Ares. No matter what version of comics you're reading, if there's an Ares, he's the god of war, and he's a dick. Um, but he's also kind of ticked off at uh, the hand for taking his most perfect prized pupil, which is Frank Castle, the most perfect dog of war. You know, Frank's such a perfect killing machine that Ares is now pissed that the hand has him. And the, he feels like the hand is doing a bad job in corrupting Frank and making him into less of a killing machine. 
because the hand has given Frank the only thing he's ever wanted, which is his wife back. And he made a, hear me out now, Faustian deal to get his wife back. So now he's got his wife back, and because of that, he has to run the hand. But as with any Faustian deal, as with any praying upon the monkey paw, when the little finger goes down, that doesn't necessarily mean that your wish has come true. It just means it's been granted. When Maria, Maria is back now, she's still covered in bullet holes. They've just been healed. And she's still trying to figure out, you know, Frank, where the hell are our kids? Why are we not in New York? Why, this is not the park that we go to. We should be in the city. Why are we not in the city? And every time she starts freaking out like this, Frank basically has to rub his head and, like, knock her out and be like, I got to go do something. I'll be right back. Because he doesn't know how yet to explain to her that she's been dead for 10 years or however long we're talking about in canon here. Uh, and that their kids were all uh, were killed and he's been fighting this war on, on crime ever since then. It's very, very fucked up. It really is. And then at the end, maybe Frank killed the entire hand? I don't really know. It, it, there's a hell of a cliffhanger because it's issue four. So, very good issue four. Again, would have been my pick of the week had it not been my pick of the week. Next up on my read pile is West of Sundown issue four. This was also a very good issue four, um, but it does more to set up the next couple of issues. It's not your traditional issue four. Like issue four, you expect like giant explosion, crazy fun time. Because we always say that issue four is when we decide whether or not a comic is worth reading. Yeah. West of Sundown gives us a lot of information about this universe. And it is very much just um, the universal monsters, but set in uh, the Old West. And I, I am here for it. I love it. I have no qualms with this. I think it's fun. I also think it's gruesome as hell. Um, they do a great job with showing um, some of the gore. We've introduced lizard people, which is fantastic. Because, again, we're getting further and further uh, yeah. into this whole universal monster background. All right. We've got so much stuff going on. And we get we get a nice betrayal. We get a we get an origin. We get to see like the king of what appears to be the vampires. Maybe there's just a lot going on, but it's okay because it's fun, and I'm good with it. And I do love a western. Hint, hint. Next up on my read pile, we here at the read pile have a number of pillars that we refer to as the pillars of the read pile, and those pillars are uh, the mayor of Halloween Town, Colin Bunn. Uh, the actual Clock King, you owe me money, Tom King, Everyone Dies, Taylor, Tom Taylor, and of course, the OG, Gail Simone, the original pillar of the repot. On my repot this week is Superman, Dark Crisis tie-in. This is Dark, so I'm, how am I going to, Dark Crisis, Superman, Dark Crisis Superman? I don't know, you're going to have fun filing that. Yeah, it's going to be annoying. I bought this issue because I wanted to read Tom King's take on John Kent, uh, I heard very good things about the issue. Uh, it is a Tom King book. Tom King is the clock king. You owe me money. And it deals with time. Specifically, it deals with watching Superman and Lois as they're raising John. So you start chapter one when John is 13, and the last chapter of the book uh, is when John is 18, and he's decided to go do something. I need to point something out, though. In the very second, I guess the very first actual page, you get a recap of what is actually happening in Dark Crisis. And this made me incensed. I'm not going to read you the entire recap, but I am going to say that uh, this was in here. Needing power to fuel his dark machinations, Pariah, that's the big bad of Dark Crisis, has imprisoned the essence of each Justice League member on custom-made worlds using his ever-growing dark abilities. 
Each world has been created from the innermost hopes of the Justice League. What Pariah intends to do with these worlds is a mystery. So this is Superman's world. It's also Aquaman's world. I'm not going to lie. I didn't read the backup story. I wasn't interested. I didn't really care about Aquaman. It's true. But now I know what the point of Dark Crisis is. Because if you remember, the first two issues of Dark Crisis, I keep saying, why does this world feel not quite right? Why is everything weird? What the hell is really going on? I don't understand what the point of this comic is. Why do I have to read a Superman tie-in book to the ongoing six-issue mega-series that is redefining DC Comics as we know it to find out what the hell is happening? That said, that, that aside, this is a fantastic bottled issue. I love the idea that in Superman's mind, the only thing he wants is to just be a father and to watch his son grow up. I love the idea that he and Lois are doing their best to co, you know, to parent their child, not co-parent, they're not divorced, they're together, but to parent their child as best they can. And their child is John Kent. And at one point, John has decided he, he can hear, of course, he has super hearing, right? So he can hear what's happening on Apocalypse and how children and, and, and men and women and, and all these innocents are being murdered daily. And John can't handle that. It's like, he goes to his father and he says, why don't we go to Apocalypse and end this? And Superman tells him, like, look, we, we can't. Like, don't you understand that the, the universe is full of tyrants. We do our best, but we can't save everyone. And John's like, the fuck we can't? I'm a goddamn Superman. And it's such a cool story. I loved it. I didn't like that it doesn't really like give me anything though. But I know what the point of this is, and I, I of course I loved it. It is very literally a bottle story. It is it is a one shot for lack of a better term. Oh okay. I, I assume anyway. Uh, there was no checklist in the back of the book. I don't think. Okay, it's to be continued in Green Lantern. I'm guessing maybe maybe it's maybe it's not a bottle. I don't know. I don't care. I wanted to read this because it was Tom King on Superman and John Kent. I read it. It was great. Um, I'm not liking Dark Crisis. I just, I don't know what to, I don't know what I'm doing here. I just don't that's, know. I mean, I think that's fine to be able to just be like, I this, I'm just not getting behind this one. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I got behind Death Metal. I got behind uh, Death Metal, uh, the, the, the Crisis version of Death Metal. Uh-huh. I thought those were great. I've read all of the crises, even Final Crisis, which is silly, because when you say Final Crisis, you would expect there would be no crises, right? No continuing crisi. Is that the plural of crisis? Okay, crisi. Okay. Here we are. Here we are. This is a good issue. If you want to read a good one-shot, I would recommend this. Okay. Um, didn't do me a whole lot. All right, from here on in, yeah, from here on in, we're getting pick of the week worthy, and I'm going to explain why on my next pick. Town Called Terror, issue four. This might be the prettiest comic I own, flat out. I'm just going to let Elle flip through the pages while I give you sort of a recap of what's going on. In our main story, we've got our monster family who has uh, summoned their only begotten son home because of the patriarch, the father, being killed. Uh, He is then immediately resurrected, as is the way of this monster town. This is sort of like ABC's Once Upon a Time in that all these storybook people live in like some small town in Maine, but it's with monsters. That's that's the difference. There are Frankensteins, there's Draculas, there's all that. And now we find out in this issue what is actually going on and why the monsters have been co- why this one monster has been called home. It's a very good story, and I'm liking it so far, 
but there's almost no dialogue whatsoever through the entire issue. And the first couple of issues, I thought that was going to sort of just be the premise, but no, this is a visual comic. I'm pretty sure Steve Niles uh, just sort of gave his idea of what he wanted the book to look like to the artist whose name I will hold up on camera, but I'm not going to try and butcher it when I try and say it out loud. But this is one of the prettiest books I've ever read in my life. Let me see if I can get zoomed in here on Simon. No, I can't. Uh, it's Simon, uh, I think it's Simon, or maybe it's Simon. Kudrensky. Uh, Kudrensky. Is that gorgeous or not? I love it. There, I mean, there's only so much as far as, like, there, it, it's very dark. It's very red, dark. There's and lots then of... you get some orange, you know, yeah. to it and everything. But, but then you can tell where there's, like, that energy level yeah. and, and everything whenever they use, like, the blue. Yeah. It and shows power. It shows yeah. something is a. It's just such a beautiful comic. I've, I very rarely read books just for the artwork. Very rarely. I typically am a reader of the story, and the art I feel is very beneficial. And I love artists. Don't get me wrong, but very rarely do I come across a comic where I simply don't care about the story as much as I just need to see more of this artwork. And that's what's happening with a town called Terror. I don't necessarily care about the story. I think it's interesting. Steve Niles does horror very, very, very well, so I'm not upset with it. Mm -hmm. But it is one of the most gorgeous pieces of art I have seen in quite some time. I can flip through this every. I can flip through this whole series over and over again. It's beautiful. Anyway, wanted to, I wanted to highlight that. <laughs> okay. All right. We here at the Read Pile have certain pillars of the Read Pile that. We tend to read one of their books every single week. Sometimes uh, we read two of them. Sometimes we read all four. And every now and again we read zero, but that's very few and far between. And those creators are Colin Bunn, Tom King, Tom Taylor, and Gail Simone. On my read pile this week is Superman, Son of Kal-El, issue 13 by Tom Taylor. Ding! So I had both Tom creators on our pillars write a story about Jonathan Kent this week that I read. How cool is that? Nice. Uh, this uh, gives us our introduction to the Dreamer, who uh, this is the origin of a character who only existed uh, as a footnote in Legion of the Superheroes in the 31st century, where one of the Legion of the Superheroes tells Superboy, because of course, Superboy always ends up in the 31st century, that's just what happens. If you're a Superboy, you're going to end up with, hanging out with the Legion of the Superheroes, that's what you do. And while there, he met a girl who was able to like see into dreams and stuff like that. And she let him know that eventually she's going, he's going to meet his like great 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 grandmother at some point, and then she like makes him some gauntlets for her to wear so that she could better control her power. Hmm. So Tom Taylor, I need you. You and Tom King need, to, need you guys need to like take like three steps away from each other because now Tom Taylor's fucking with time. <laughs> you guys gotta stop with all this time manipulation. The, the, the testicle monsters are going to visit both of you, and they're going to beat the shit out of you for messing with time. This is just what happens. I'm simply telling you what will happen, and I'm concerned, because I love you both, and you're amazing artists and writers. In uh, this particular issue, we of course refer to Tom Taylor as Everyone Dies Tom Taylor, because Tom Taylor has an incredibly interesting quirk about him, where he takes all of your favorite heroes and miters them. And this issue is no different. I'm going to, again hand over to Elle for her genuine reaction as she checks out the Midas that happen in this comic. 
and oh my goodness are there a lot of them. Now, as you may imagine, this is a dream sequence being given to us by the dreamer, but that does not stop Tom Taylor from being like, hey, 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 you know it would be really horrible? Watching some of your favorite heroes be murdered right in front of your eyes. <laughs> you okay over there, Al? <laughs> So I'm just telling you that this is a possible dream future. Tom, stop doing this. It hurts. It hurts. It hurts. The whole sequence with the with the and the and the, and the, and the oh my god, like great great issue. As as always, if you're not reading Superman, Son of Kal El after 13 issues. I'm not going to convince you to start. Um, I will tell you that it is a fantastic book, and every issue has either been a pick of the week or damn close. I care about Superman now because of Superman, Son of Kal-El, because of Tom Taylor. You can ask one of my best friends in the world, whose name also happens to be Tom. I have never been the Superman guy. I am the Batman guy. He is the Superman guy. But because of this series, I care about Superman, and that is not something I ever thought I would say in my life. Yes. Okay. If I'm very honest, all right, all right, all right. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. It was my pick of the week, but it's not for one reason. It almost was my pick of the week. Barbaric, the Harvest Blades. This is a one-shot story. It is great value. I think it was only like four or five ninety-nine for the book. Uh, it is a, essentially a self-contained 48-page special edition. Uh, it is Owen uh, on doing his very best Owen things. It, the, the axe, everything is here. I'll tell you why it's not my pick of the week. Hmm. This is arbitrary, and I make the rules up as I go along, because I'm a genie. Um, I want that as my title now. The genie Rick Sussman. Uh, anyway, uh, it's not my pick of the week because it's a, it's, it's a one issue. This is it. It's, it's literally a placeholder where uh, Michael uh, uh, is telling us, uh, Michael and Robert and the whole Barbaric team is telling us, hey, 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 we know Volume 2 is, is a little bit delayed. Don't worry. Volume 2 will be out very, 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 very soon. You'll have more Owen goodness. But for now, here's a story to hold you over. It's a one-shot that could have easily been two or three issues. And I'm happy that it's not, but I'm also a little annoyed because it could have been. Because you're... It was really good. Yes. It was tremendous. But you wouldn't turn out more. <laughs> I, I, I wanted less time in between Series 1 and Series 2. So this is Series, like, 1.5. Okay. okay. Um, if they had made this a two-part miniseries, for instance, which I know is very bizarre to say out loud, mm -hmm. I think that would have been better. 
because it would have it would have spaced out the time between volume one and volume two a little bit. It would have made things a little bit easier. Yeah. Um, but this is you know this is a Christmas special. This is this is an annual. This is all of those things. It, but it's only for a story that has three parts. It's a three. This is essentially book four of Barbaric. Does it tie in directly? With oh yes. The first part? Oh, oh yes, 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 yes. Is it kind of basically just pick up where it left off, or is um, it kind it's, of it's kind of back in time? Yeah, we, we it's a different time. It's okay. a story about Owen, okay. but it's not necessarily directly from the last issue. So you get to learn more about his character. Yes, it, it's it's a it's a great issue, and one of the things I love about Barbaric the most is the way it's written. Specifically because they're dealing with like old worldy things, and um, it's a one shot at five ninety nine. Yeah, totally worth it. So they're dealing with like you know barbarians and wizards and mages and warlocks and you know evil beings, and they're like, quit being a dick, asshole. And so like, there's this amazing dichotomy of of storytelling where it's like, unhand that woman, you knave, get fucked, hey. <laughs> So, you know, you've got Owen, who's like, I am a warrior, I am cursed and honor-bound to, to be, uh, to come to your aid. And then they ask me, like, yeah, he fucking hates that shit. And it's just, I don't know how better to explain it, other than it, yeah. it it's just, it's like watching any of my favorite shows. It's, it's written so perfectly that I can't help myself. Yeah. And, and it, it, again, it, it, it walks between that. You were going to say something. No. Oh, okay. So it has this like beautiful like interlude where it's like, I okay I, I got my d twenty all right I roll a d twenty all right the sixteen hit. It, it, you're gonna be the DM here, yes or no? Just say uh, yes. Or no. Yes. All right, sixteen hits. I swing my mighty axe and I tell him to suck my cock, and and that's like in the book, and that's just how it is, and it's so it's so like it just sounds like assholes playing D and D, but it's a it's an instead of it being a board game, it's just it's ha oh man. It's I, reality. Damn near my pick of the week. Damn near. My pick of the week, I love when a book surprises me. I love when a book is on the shelf, and I pick it up, and I say to myself, well, this could be fun. I pick it up, I read it, I set it down, I read it first sometimes if I don't really have a lot of high expectations for it, and then I just let it sit in the back of my head, and I let it sort of decide, how good was this book? And I can't stop thinking about it. And when I can't stop thinking about it, I realize... That's my pick of the week. Completely out of nowhere, un, un, unthought of until the moment I read it, Above Snakes, issue one, from Aftershock, no, from Image Comics, pardon me, is my pick of the week. I'm just so used to seeing issue one be Aftershock Comics. <laughs> but this is Above Snakes. This is, of course, by Sean Lewis and Hayden Sherman. Uh, and Sean, uh, I mentioned at the start of the show, you know, with Haven for Heroes, Bliss. I think uh, we've read uh, Coyotes and a couple other Sean Lewis books. Uh, Hayden, uh, I don't know Hayden Sherman's art, but they are perfect for this particular book. Their artwork matches up frame for frame exactly what I want. I love me a hard-boiled, I'm-a-kill-everybody Western story. Nice. And that's what Above Snakes is. We get to meet our main uh, hero. He is a guy who has nothing left to live for. His family's been murdered. He is on his way to seek glorious vengeance. He is the righteous hand of God, uh, and he's got a buzzard that is apparently spiritual. It doesn't really exist, and it just talks to him. And much like Barbaric, the buzzard satiates itself whenever he gets vengeful blood to drink. So he's always telling 
Uh, and the buzzard name is Speck, by the way. And Speck is always telling him that they need to go get more blood. But this is this is my shit. This is absolutely where I want the world to be. I want hard-boiled, revenge-driven westerns. This is why I loved uh, um, uh, uh, Jonah Hex, and why I love Six Guns, and why I love uh, pretty much the entirety of the Punisher run, because it is, just for all intents and purposes, a hard-boiled revenge western. You give me a hard-boiled story about a western revenge story, I am going to make it my pick of the week. I can fucking guarantee you on that. That's why West of Sundown was damn near my pick of the week. All of these things, I, I love it. I love stories about vengeance, about the West, because it's lawless, and you know, you've got this, this white hat bringing justice to a lawless town. That's why Westworld does so well. People love stories like this, and Above Snakes fucking crushes it. It is so good and so out of the blue. Very happy we picked it up. Absolutely my pick of the week. Do you know, is it a short series or... I didn't look into it yet because, again, I picked up issue one because it was recommended to us. I have no idea how long it's going to be. I will say it's really cool. It was Kickstartered, and the people who contributed to the Kickstarter all got their names printed on the back of the book, which is fucking awesome. So, you know, Copperhead Dan, Blambo Jones, Thomas the Wrangler Wayne, uh, Philip L. Pantera Ramirez, uh, the Reverend Reverend Commodore Culgill, West Saddlebags Greer, Nick Fryer, Mono Gray, Coyote Sanchez, and Jeff the Vicious Howl. So good for you guys for, for funding this. Thank you. Uh, what a great treat. There's also a little bit of a note here uh, where Hayden had asked uh, Sean to write a note. And Sean says, first, thank you for buying our first issue. It's a big step to spend hard-earned money on a story. We appreciate it a lot. I wanted to make a comic that consistently broke the mold, a book that was funny and thoughtful, absurd, and relevant. The world is kind of fucked. Everything feels like it's on fire. Everything feels wrong. And I think I wanted a myth to be born from that. Hayden is a rock star, as is Asan. Asan, I think, is the letterer. I'm not 100%. I'll have to look that up. Um, Dirt is a hero. I wanted for now. Dirt is the main character's name. So Sean then says, hey, Hayden, how's that? And Hayden's response was apparently just the emoji of a chef's kiss. (laughs) absolutely fantastic first issue go pick out pick up above snakes issue one right now it is my pick of the week ironically enough wonder woman evolution issue eight of eight is l's pick of the week and that about wraps things up for this week's episode of the read pile thank you so much for tuning in as always we'd like to give a shout out to all of our great friends of course the space bastards haven for heroes who got like four shout out four shout outs today bountiful garden the uh mad cave comics the indie cast ericpalicki.com AJ Schumacher, our good friends Glurk and Bo over at BG Comics. Thank you guys so much for all of your support. If you have a comic that you want us to read, please feel free to DM me. My DMs are always open, and I am happy to review books for you. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting something. Am I forgetting anything? No. No? Okay. All right. Make sure you tune in to us and everyone else here on the WNRN. You can find us at the WNRN. We have an Instagram now. Chad wanted an Instagram. Anyway, until next time, I am the Sussman Rick Sussman for the original Angry Nerd Girl herself, Elle Strange. We will see you guys next week, but until then, eh, let me get in position. Say goodbye, Elle. Bye, Elle. Let's see how much you told about this. I want in. I want in. Thank you, audio-only listeners.